This is Grow Your Life with Jason Scott Montoya, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to this episode of Inspirational People. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and today I get the great opportunity to introduce you and chat with Cheryl Mobley. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. Uh, Cheryl and I were recently uh, connected through a mutual friend, Jessica Lally, and Cheryl has a unique and relevant background specific to the coronavirus crisis we find ourselves facing across the globe. This includes her past work leading a hospital during the Ebola pandemic and her current efforts working with executives to make wise decisions. So Cheryl, I'll throw it to you. Tell us uh, about who you are and how your story uniquely places you in the current pandemic situation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. You know, there's my mom had this quote that I loved, and I don't know who said it, but it was, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived mm. forwards. Interesting. And you so, look at, you know, when you look back at your life, and yeah. you see the kind of the threads and how things weave together that it, it, at the time you didn't see. Yeah. And so I never had a strong interest in healthcare. A lot of the people in my family did hands-on care, you know, okay. in some way, shape or form. I was the first female that broke that tradition. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I didn't do that, but I ended up in healthcare. I ended up doing kind of quality and risk management, which is a really big deal, right, yeah. in healthcare. And then ultimately serving as president. And part of that time was when Ebola happened. Mm. And, and what year was that, if you wouldn't mind reminding so 20... us? 17 it's about three years ago yeah three yeah. four somewhere you know yeah. it's somewhere in that neighborhood i'd have to go back and look great question I, I think for most of us that weren't in in that we heard about it this thing that was happening but it never really affected us it touched right it was kind of a because fearful thing, thing but Ebola, it wasn't yeah right i mean the thing with ebola was it was much less widely spread because to, to your point right now everybody's impacted yeah you know whether you're sick or not you're impacted back mm -hmm. then if you were sick or close to somebody that was or you were caregivers it was top of mind because yeah. the consequences of getting ebola were really way more severe than this in terms of almost everyone either died or had permanent disability mm. so i'm not making light of any of the issues were happening now it was just but if you got that, you knew yeah, it was the disease there. itself is more severe. Yeah. Right. And, and so at the time, you know, didn't really think about it other than how do we take care of our people? How do we continue to serve? And then yeah. you fast forward to now. And it was literally, I was kind of like, there is something relevant I can offer for leaders because in healthcare, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, I was talking to somebody, you make the decision that you're going to put yourself in harm's way. Mm. You just do, you know, whether yeah. you're a frontline caregiver or you're an admin like I was, or you're an EMT or a firefighter, mm -hmm. police officer, you're in some way, you know, you're going to be supporting people at a time where it could harm you. Yeah. And that doesn't, I'm not making light of it. It's just a decision that you made. And mm -hmm. so you come at it differently. Doesn't mean you don't want to yeah. take precautions. Doesn't mean you don't get scared. Yeah. Versus and is that, and that's a decision each individual has to make, right? It's not exactly a leader. Someone can't make it for somebody else. Right. Exactly. And that to your, oh boy, that was beautiful. So my, my <laughs> <laughs> so what I was just thinking about was all the leaders and people who have now been deemed essential who didn't make that decision. Mm. Right. They yeah. didn't say yes. They said, no, I'm going to go work in a grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And now I didn't sign they, up for this. Yeah. Right. I didn't sign up for this. And so you know, I've really been kind of noodling on what can I offer those leaders and those teams yeah. because now they're in it mm -hmm. and they didn't make the decision. So what can we pull forward from the experience of people who did make that decision and having lived through it yeah. to support those who were willingly or unwillingly finding themselves in that, in that space. And so mm -hmm. it's, it was, you know, it's had, it, at the time I didn't think anything of it other than again, how can we keep everybody safe? How do we keep serving? What do we need to do? what stays the same, what needs to change for this period. Yeah. And then, you know, flash to today and I'm going, wow, that was almost a dry run. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. And so well, how and, can I bring that forward and help? And, and that's also what I've heard and read and seen in terms of this current pandemic is a lot of the countries that are doing better, like mm -hmm. South Korea, it's because they ha did have a dry run somewhere in the last decade in recent memory that mm -hmm. allowed them to prepare for a better response this time. And the United States is, uh, on, on, uh, is, happens to be not one of those examples, those. but, um, but I, but kind of talking, you know, you're, you're, you, you were leading the hospital you now work with, with leaders. 
Um, but you made that quote and then you said a couple things and, and it just made me think of the, the concept of the difference between like academic theory of what we could or should do versus mm -hmm. real experience mm -hmm. facing this reality. And so tell me a little bit about that difference and, and how we might be getting it wrong or right in, in, in that mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah, I think one of the big things is that you as the leader have to remain calm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you make light of it. It doesn't mean you say, no, big deal. We got this, right? Or that you ignore it and kind of go, just meet the deadline, you know? Yeah. But if you're not remaining calm, you spool your people up. Mm -hmm. Because they need to know, yes, this is uncertain, but we have a path forward. Yes. And they have to make the choice, just like healthcare people made the choice to put themselves in harm's way. If people don't choose to follow you, then you're not serving them, mm -hmm. right? And they have that choice to say, this feels scary, but I believe that we're going to get through this together. Okay, I'm coming with you. Yeah. And that is so important. And it, it falls back. One of the things I think we really miss when we talk about kind of leadership or running a company or whatever is that we talk about leadership as, a, as if it exists out there somewhere. Yeah. It's only about how I talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's only about how I set goals or yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And my perspective is no, leadership starts with you. Right? Yeah. Because if it's not in you, it can't come out. Yeah. And so it's really around what work do you need to do for yourself? Because some of your folks may only, and I mean no disrespect, lead themselves, which is huge. Yeah. Some may, on top of that, be expected to lead a team. Mm -hmm. And regardless, the first journey is within and starting with yourself and go, how yeah. am I facing this? Yeah. How am I choosing to step through this time? And so it's calmness for yourself yeah. so that you then actually have it. The worst thing you can do is act calm and be freaking because everybody <laughs> yeah. knows you're freaking and now they don't trust you on top of everything else. Yeah. So, how, so do you, how, how does a leader get that grounded when they do feel like they're shaking in their boots? And they, how do they be calm when, when, inside, when they're not, there's a right. storm inside? You know? What's your recommendation? What's your advice there? <laughs> you know, it, it, and that's a fabulous question. It, to me, it's around, and, and this is my answer, which may not be everybody's answer, right? For me, it's certainly a, a faith-based focus. Yeah. That while I feel like I'm going through something that doesn't feel good, God's not going, I didn't know this was coming. I don't yeah. know how to do this. Yeah. And so I, I accept what are the things that are mine to manage yeah. and what are the things that aren't. Mm-hmm. Absent that focus and even with that focus, it's around taking the time to breathe, mm -hmm. take a pause and go, okay, what do we know? What do we really know? Not what do we assume and mm -hmm. not what are we hearing worst case on the media, you know, yeah. that, that spools you up and how do you protect your own energy? Like for mm -hmm. me, I don't watch media. Yeah. I will read key things that I trust to be more dispassionate and give me the facts. And I also have the ability to use my filter as a president who went through Ebola yeah. to know what's true and what's hype, okay. uh, you know? And so it's really being conscious of what are you taking in yeah. and what's spooling you up? Because a lot of us spool ourselves up and tell ourselves we're staying informed. No, you're not. You're staying wound tight. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's a decision that you make that says, no, I'm not going to take that in because again, mm -hmm. if it's not in you, it can't come out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and owning up to the responsibility that you made when you chose to either lead yourself or someone else, you, yeah. you stepped into that choice. So it's now not just about you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. You know, I, I on my blog and in the work that I do, I talk about working um, smarter and living better and, and you're kind of describing you know, what that means. And so um, but the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, a lot of leaders, at least entrepreneurs, they go into this, um, they're kind of, in a lot of ways, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of chasing this goal at the end of their, at the rainbow leadership may or may not be a part of that, but they mm -hmm. end up having to, to become a leader, if, at least mm -hmm. if they want to be successful. Yeah. And this is a situation where I imagine there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, I didn't sign up for this type of leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying about, you know, making that internal decision. So I guess I'm, what has me curious now is, you know, how, um, is there a difference between staying calm and being overly optimistic 
or even in denial. Like I've seen a lot of, you know, people say, oh, this is going to be better. You know, just wait a couple of weeks and everything will be fine. Or, oh, there's nothing wrong. You know, like I, I it, there's kind of that extreme of like, mm. they should be a little bit more. Uh, they're too um, cavalier. Brown, they're, yes. Yes. So mm. tell, tell me about that. And, and, um, and how that applies here and, and how that can be dangerous or, or maybe it could be helpful. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I think that's, I, I love that kind of that, that thought because it's, to me, calmness is grounded in the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. It's being able to say that it's okay to say, you know, I'm, I'm worried too. I'm scared too. Yeah. You know, this is unknown. We don't have all the answers. Things keep changing quickly but we're going to be okay. We're going to respond. We're making thoughtful decisions. We're taking care of ourselves. We're responding well in this moment. Yeah. That to me is still calm. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, well, there's no problem because then I, and you're right. There are people that are going, oh, well, this is all overblown. We should just be doing whatever we want. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into, cause I'm not qualified to get into, was this a good thing or a bad thing when you weigh how many people are being impacted and businesses yeah. impacted versus the number of, cases which sounds really clinical and it's the number but each case is a person right yeah Mm -hmm. so to me that denial and that complete oh well this is no big deal it says to me i can't trust you because i can't trust your judgment yeah and if you choose to use denial to kind of go la 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 la," right you know the the equivalent of a dog sticking its head (laughs) under the bed going well i can't see you you can't see me yeah then i don't trust your judgment Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to follow you if I can't trust your judgment. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things that be grounded in what you know. When I talk with people a lot, I'm like, we need to kill your assumptions, right? It's yeah. kind of my KYA. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's right? Because your assumptions dictate how you respond and we have to make assumptions, right? Yeah. This morning when we first started talking, you were like, hey, how are you? Glad to have you here. I didn't go, well, I wonder if he really means it. I wonder if he meant, well, you know, yeah. I went, I'm just going to make the assumption that you meant it. Mm-hmm. And move on. It's yeah. not worth my energy. Yeah. But at the same time, we create a lot of stories mm-hmm. that's only true here. And then yeah. we make it true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's we, we apply that, it to that people kind of whether it's true or not. Yeah. Not, and and it's in these types of crises that our assumptions actually get broke down pretty, pretty drastically. Um, or we so, feed yeah. them. Or yeah, that's a good and point. And think yeah. it's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we go to what we know. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, what is it, you know, talk, kind of going back to the idea of, of living better, working smarter. Um, how is that different than now? Or, or, or should we be doing the, the things that we should have been doing before this happened? Is it yeah. different? Does the crisis yes change yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the one thing, like when I start working with leaders, the first thing we pay attention to is their clarity. Yeah. And let's say you do have a team, even two, three, four, five, ten people, whatever. I'm like, if I were to ask the leader what is the most important thing, they may struggle with it right now. Yeah. Because the answer is not the same as it was four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you if your answer is exactly the same with no nuances, then I'm gonna worry about you. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not responding real time and you may be in denial, right? Mm. But at the same time, who you are and how you lead and what y'all stand for has become even more important. Yeah. Because this is your opportunity to be consistent, be congruent, and lead forward as opposed to stuck back and hide. Because mm-hmm. it's certainly not the time for that. And so I think the thing that we need to kind of double down on is what is it that will allow you to serve the most effectively? Mm-hmm. And whether that's prioritizing sleep. Yeah. You know, my typical thing is I would normally get up at like 4.30 in the morning and work out. Well, right now I'm not doing that. I'm letting myself sleep till my body wakes up. Yeah. And so it's just a different decision that says in this time, in this space, prioritizing my sleep is really important. Yeah. Making sure, as I always should, that I'm really clear about what I need to get done today and why it's important now. Yeah. And, you know, the, you're, you should be thinking about a mix of what are my next 60, 90, 120 days need to be mm-hmm. to lead me back into hopefully normal yeah, yeah. <laughs> or what's going to be our transition back to normal. So it's that mix of now and yeah. that you, you bring forward the things that support you to allow you to support others more deeply because you're probably at home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you, you, yeah. the things you said you couldn't do because you didn't have time. <laughs> now you have time. Yeah. Now you have time. 
Well, and it's interesting too, because um, so I uh, I've done some stuff. I've been putting some stuff out there to help freelancers, and I've written a book called Path of the Freelancer. And as I was reviewing it, um, I was like, I wrote this and published it in 2017, but it's still relevant today. Mm -hmm. And what I learned is that to be a successful freelancer, um, you have to be prepared and expecting that there's a crisis around the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that creates the proactive activity and behavior to actually be really successful at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that comes to mind when you say all that is just this idea of, of what just working from home you know, mm-hmm. as a freelancer, I've been doing it for a while, but I have to impose a structure on my work mm-hmm. or it just, it kind of creates chaos in my life. And this situation, this crisis we're in, it's the same thing. And everyone's mm-hmm. at home, right? And mm-hmm. they don't have that structure that maybe their company or their business gave them. And now they, they're floundering, right? Mm-hmm. And so would, would you, is there anything you would say to speak into that, uh, that idea? Yeah, you're right. It's sort of like when a kid first goes to college. And they're okay. like, yeah, <laughs> nobody's telling me what to do. I can stay up all night. I can do this. I can do that. Study classes. Wow. <laughs> and hopefully you get to the point where you go, yeah, it felt good for a moment, but it's not feeling good long term. And so yeah. for some people, they realized right away that they mm-hmm. had to create a structure so that at the end of the day, they would feel good about how they spent their time. It just didn't pass in a blur. Mm-hmm. And for everybody that looks different, but I would agree with you that for most of us, having a structure that works for us that says, and to me, it starts with clarity. What do you want this day to have been about? Yeah. Because it's time is precious. And if we don't know that now, even more so, there are many, many thousands of people that didn't think their life was almost over. Mm. And now it is. Yeah. And some are younger than me. Some are my age. Some are older than me. They didn't know that was coming. And so to have the gift of your time and to not waste it, yeah, that's huge. And that, that kind of does a reset on you. It's like, I don't know if today's my last day. Yeah, I don't know if I've got a week. I don't know if I've got 30 years, but it's precious and you've been given it for a reason. Use it. And I do mm-hmm. believe that part of the driver for a lot of us is service. Yeah. You know, to your point, I put out an offer that I said, hey, you know, I led a hospital through Ebola. If I can help other leaders right now, I'm happy to hop on a call with intact teams and support you in a really candid conversation about what you're dealing with. My offer. And so when you're serving others, it, you show up differently. Yeah. And so I think really understanding what is it you're here to do? Why is the world going to be better because you breathed your way through it? Yeah. And then you choose to make structure because it's important that you step up into that. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the kind of, when we talked about kind of a leader starts inside, it's that approach that it's not about me. It's about what needs to be different because I was here, because I used the things that I was gifted with or the experiences that I've had that at the time didn't seem significant, but no one else (laughs) has had them. No one else has had all of your experience. Mm -hmm. So, so tell us a little bit more about that. You know, when you when kind of want to shift towards the idea of, okay, how do I as a leader, okay, I'm, I'm getting grounded, I'm staying calm. Let's say mm-hmm. I've worked through that. But now I have people that are looking to me, they're relying on me. You know, how do I help them stay focused? How do I help them work smarter, live better, get sleep, whatever it might be? Mm-hmm. How do I help lead others? And, and what might you say even specifically to, to people that are leading um, those that are that are in the heart of either an economic um, crisis situation or or a health crisis, you know, in New York or these cities that are now the hotspots. Mm-hmm. You know, how how do how do you how do we lead these people that are that are looking up to us, wondering what's what's happening? Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. And I think it goes back to kind of the conversation we had before in terms of being very real. Yeah. About the impact. And at the same time saying, what is the gift in this? Yeah. Because there is for most of us, and I'm not saying for everybody, I mean, if you've lost someone and you couldn't be with them or you're sick, again, not taking away any of that. But for most of us, that's not our experience. Mm -hmm. Our experience is we're confined, we're homebound, we couldn't do what we wanted to do, can't get our haircut, right? (laughs) Whatever it might be, can't go out and eat. So for most of us, that's the impact. If you have kind of lost your job or the income has gone, and that has happened to millions of people, Mm -hmm. 
it also is a space to go, okay, was I as prepared as I could have been? To your point, you know, you talked about in your book, it's like you need to expect that something's going to come and disrupt things. And are you prepared? Have you thought about it? And we yeah. talked about this with the, the other countries who have had kind of a dry run, mm -hmm. had learned from it. So it's yeah. certainly, if nothing else, it's an opportunity to say, I am hopeful that I will have more time on this planet. What am I going to learn from this and how am I going to be different? Yeah. So taking the gift of that time to self-reflect. As a leader, it's also being candid about where you sit, where all of you sit, and recognizing everybody's humanity, that people are scared. Yeah. Or they've lost their job and they don't know where the money's coming from. And it's like, really, again, going back to what do I know? What can I do? Because most of us, even when a situation is difficult, we make it way worse because we get, we spiral in fear and we imagine the worst case. And then we have no energy to do anything positive to pull ourselves up. Yeah. And it really is about protecting your energy. I mean, I wish I'm 58, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about it. <laughs> if I knew now what I knew 20 or 30 years ago, it'd be like, wow. Yeah. But I've learned it because of experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me kind of more committed to want to, to share with, with people. I think, you know. And, you, and you've reflected on it as you've. You stated, yeah. It's not Absolutely. just that you went through it, but you've actually taken the lessons from it. Right, because you can choose to complain or yeah. you can choose to go, what's the gift in this? Mm -hmm. How am I going to be different? How can I serve others better because I've moved through this? Yeah. And it's that approach, I think, when you're talking to people, regardless of where they are on the spectrum, from the person who is fine and homebound to the people who've lost their jobs, to the people that are putting themselves their lives on the line without the equipment and the supplies they need. Yeah. It's like, what's the learning from that? Mm -hmm. And how can you feed yourself and take care of yourself? Yeah. And if you lead others, how can you pour into them right now? Which means you as the leader need to find something that's pouring into you. Yeah. And you can't just keep giving and giving unless you're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Whether it's sleep or prayer or meditation or eating or exercise or talking to other people that you can just, if you need to fall apart, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that then you can kind of come back and go, okay. Yeah. Because you set the tone. Be the leader. Yeah. Right. You know. So, you know, as I've seen this play out, I've seen, a, a, I guess, if you kind of think about leadership, there's sort of influencing type of leadership and then there's authoritative type of yes. leadership, right? And, and there may be a place for both in, in this situation, but, but how do you know which way to go in any particular situation when you're leading in this crisis? Because I do... I do think some people might use the authoritative approach when they shouldn't. Um, you know, they make, you know, you, the grocery store worker that's scared doesn't mm -hmm. want to come into work. You must come into work because it's your job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're forcing them to do something goes back to, well, they haven't made that decision you re mm -hmm. reference, right? Or influencing in a situation where like, if someone doesn't do this thing, then somebody could die. You know, mm -hmm. like there's these very, it's very complex right now. Tell, tell mm -hmm. me about those two dynamics and how relevant they are or aren't. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if I just had, a, if you do this, it's good. And if you don't do that, life's awesome, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we had that kind of playbook? Yeah, I think it's, there is certainly a continuum. Yeah. And there's a time when everything is important. Mm -hmm. When people are in immediate danger saying, do this now, we're not talking about it. That yeah. is the only effective, safe leadership decision to make. Yeah. You know, if we're in a fire situation, it's not a time to go, well, I don't know. Do you think we should use that exit or should we do this? I, mean, <laughs> yeah. think, well, I don't know. I think we, it's like, no, go get out of here right now. <laughs> that stairwell down, go. Yeah. And so to your point, there's times when that's absolutely appropriate. Yeah. When you, in addition to kind of being calm, one of the things I know leaders need to be doing right now and what we did in our hospital was to really respect everyone's humanity mm -hmm. and respect that outside of the job, they have a whole other life. They're worried about themselves. They're worried about their family. They're worried about, da, 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 you know, I mean, there's all of that stuff going on. Yeah. And you need to step into that and acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think you can say, here's what we are doing. Here's what we are achieving. Here's how we're keeping ourselves safe. At the end of the day, that's your decision to make if you want to come into work or not. Yeah. You know, I can't force you. Here's what we're doing. What else would you need? But here's the difference we're making for people. If we were not doing this, let's say grocery store, people wouldn't be able to eat. Yeah. I mean, how much more basic and life-saving can it be even though we didn't sign up for it? 
Yeah. That's a different conversation than you must come or you will lose your job or you will never get another job. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And that's the leader speaking out of fear mm -hmm. and not being willing to go, I know I get it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't sign up for this either. I'm scared too, but here's what we're doing. Yeah. And what other ideas do you have that we can pull in to make us feel and be as safe as we can right now? And how can we celebrate what we're doing? It's too easy to get caught up in, I can't, I won't, I've lost. Yeah. And that sucks the life out of you, yeah. even if you're doing something of service. So it's finding a way to laugh together. Yeah. You know, it's finding a way to kind of celebrate what you're doing and, and have fun and get some levity because that fuels you. Yeah. It's, well, I don't know. Did you touch that? I, didn't, I, don't, you know, I mean, that just is exhausting. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, it cannot last. It yeah. just cannot last. So what would you say to the employee or the follower mm -hmm. who is calm, but their leader is driving things out of fear. How can they help their leader <laughs> calm down? <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of leading up, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of it's going to depend on the nature of the leader. Yeah. And it's, you can absolutely lead up, but if the leader is caught up in emotion and fear, it's going to take something to break that connection for them. And maybe it is a group of their employees <laughs> who are kind of like, we're okay. It's okay. We got this. It's not like you can say, you know, you're really acting out of fear here and you're not helpful. <laughs> it might feel good and you might want to say that to your friends, but not going to help in the situation. Yeah. Maybe it's just going to the leader and saying, you know, we so appreciate that you're here and all that we're doing. How can we help you right now? Yeah. If they feel like they can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but something that kind of isn't judgmental, but just kind of models mm -hmm. the behavior mm -hmm. you wish you were seeing from yeah. that leader. So let's say you are that leader that has been floundering in the initial response is it too late to change or is that first impression it's all or nothing <laughs> yeah i wouldn't it be horrible if we never had a second or third or eighth <laughs> chance, right yeah. i mean i think it's the time to say you know i didn't handle this as good as i could have yeah. when this first started and i want to tell you i'm sorry about that because we could have moved through this a little bit easier if i'd made some different decisions but here's what I want to do going forward. And I want to hear from you. What do you really need from me? And what would be the most helpful for you right now? And we're going to shift how we're facing this. We're going to shift how we think about it. it. It's never too late. Yeah. If you, now I'm not saying if you've been horrible to people and everything else, you're probably done. Yeah. You know, because if you have been, you will come here and you will like it and I don't care about you. Well, yeah. Then I've, I've now cut you mentally out of my, <laughs> yeah. know, out of my life. But absent that, if you've just, you know, been floundering or been a little bit, you know, more panicky than, you know, than was ideal. I think if you acknowledge it, apologize for it, set mm -hmm. the path forward and then say to people, if you see me slipping, let me know right away. Yeah. You Accountability. Yeah. yeah. And so just flag it for me in case I miss it. So that yeah. that also brings people together with a shared focus mm -hmm. because that's huge right now. It's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. What's the point? What's the service that we're offering? What's better because we're choosing to do this? Yeah. Makes us all step up a little bit more. We all feel good when we see the stories of people reaching out to help each other as opposed to somebody going in and stealing restaurant equipment because the restaurants have some stuff outside because they're trying to still serve people. Yeah. You know, we, we see right now the best of us and the worst of us. Yeah. But that's our choice. Yeah. So you've, you know, in the experiences you've had, the stories that you've, you've, you've gone through and that you've shared, you know, you've learned a lot. What are some stories that have impacted you or some, you know, whether fictional or, or real um, mm -hmm. or experiences, you know, what, what stories impacted the trajectory of, of your journey? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the hospital because we had, and I, I say past tense only because I'm not still there, not because yeah. they're not still there and not being amazing, but when you when people trust you to provide care for them it's huge yeah. because it's a helpless time nobody says yes i want to be in the hospital for a month yes all right i mean nobody does that and it disrupts everybody you yeah. know the person and their family and their friends and so one of the things that you guide you guard against very heavily is you don't want anyone to be worse off as a result of coming to your hospital than they were before yeah and so one of the things that we talk about are kind of healthcare acquired or associated infections, meaning you didn't have it when you came in and you got it as a result of being under mm. our care. You don't want that. And that's certainly a lot of what you're seeing happening as well here. Yeah. And as, as a like, patient or as, as a, a patient, medical care 
person? As a patient, you don't okay. want the patient to to be exposed to because when you come into a hospital, like we're hearing with COVID, yeah. you're more likely to have bad outcomes if you've got other conditions mm -hmm. mm. that make you more susceptible. So anybody in a hospital is already more susceptible. Yeah. And so yeah. we were top performing in the country for one particular type of infection, but we weren't at zero. Yeah. And to me, anything other than zero is just not okay. Mm -hmm. And the CDC had what they called a bundle. And it was like, you need to do these seven things. And if you do these seven things in this order, every time you won't have any infections. Mm. And so what you do is that you measure your performance. You do audits to see mm -hmm. how you're doing. Yeah. And our audits were saying, and you're not, you're not auditing every single thing, right? You're doing a sampling. And our audits were saying that our folks were doing what they should be doing 100% of the time. Okay. But we still had some infections. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, either one of two things is true. Either we're not flawless 100% of the time, or we are flawless 100% of the time and there's something else in play that is causing these infections even though we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so I said, I'm going to, you know, I appointed kind of two people. I said, y'all pull together the team that you need and I want you to, we're going to have to continue to do everything we're required to do. Yeah. But I want you to start investigating and come up with some things we can do to get to zero. And mm. you let me know what you need. If you need people that don't want to play or you need supplies, support, whatever you need, you let me know. But this is your baby. This is our goal. Yeah. And they did. They yeah. came up with practices that got us to zero. Mm. And then I just, I mean, I bragged on them. I spread what they did because I was part, yeah. our hospital was part of a larger system. So it was like at the time, 14 or 15 other hospitals. Yeah. And so I shared throughout the system what they had done, what they had created. And we saw when we did that, we were at zero. If we fell off the wagon, we, we would see infections creep back up. Yeah. And I am still to this day so proud of what they came up with, but it was around as a leader setting a really high standard. Mm-hmm. And saying, y'all are the ones that know how to do this. Yeah. Right. You are the ones who have the expertise. I don't. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my healthcare experience is taking care of my horses. Okay. It's, yeah. it's not, not <laughs> around humans. So y'all know, here's our standard. Go get it done. Yeah. And let me know what you need. And then I got out of the way. So what, what informed you? To, to approach this that way at that time? I mean, because a lot of leaders would have done it very differently, but you did it that way. What, what informed you? I don't, number one, I have a hideously high standard. Yeah. I mean, it, it, as long, and I will at the same time say, as long as we breathe, we will make mistakes. Yeah. So none of us can have this halo complex because it's not real. But you constantly evaluate what can we do differently? What can we do better in pursuit of that? Mm-hmm. But for me, it was knowing I don't have anything to offer them. Yeah. I don't know what they need to do. I just know that to me as a leader, it is completely and utterly unacceptable that we're not at zero. Yeah. And the only way to get there is to honor the knowledge of the people that can get us to zero. Yeah. But it rests on the back of all the time honoring their expertise and their perspective over mine. Yeah. Right? It, it comes on the heels of saying, here's what we need to do. Now y'all need to decide how, and if you have a really difference of opinion or you think this is the wrong direction, you let me know. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to own the responsibility for making the decision usually, yeah. not always, but usually. But if it's something I can give to you as a decision to make, then I'm giving you that. So this was an extension. Yeah. And I think it comes into to your question earlier about, you know, kind of being autocratic and commanding. Yeah. If you think you've got all the answers, then that's the way you show up. Yeah. But now, sometimes so, you need to. Yeah. So so tell me what 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 leads you to recognize that you don't have all the answers? Um living more than a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's again it's about being self-reflective. Yeah. And there's nothing, you know, some of us are more wired to go, yeah, I got this yeah. and not think about what they don't have. Yeah. And some are wired to never value anything they have to offer. Mm -hmm. And you need to find that spot. And one of the ways I have found helps me mm -hmm. is to go, let's say I was talking <clears throat> to you, Jason, and you were telling me what I've told you, how would I respond to that if it weren't me? Mm -hmm. 
you know, if you were saying, well, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I'd be like, wow, that is amazing. Versus let's say if it's me, I'm going, yeah, right. Really? <laughs> so it, it's, it's pulling it away from you can help kind of a third party perspective. Yeah. It's having the humility to recognize you don't ever have all the answers. You yeah. don't ever hold all the truth. If you did, you could do everything all by your own self and never need another mm -hmm. human. And that's not the way we were wired. And that's yeah. not the way really awesome things happen. So is, is this a time that, that, that is a humbling experience, especially for those that are more resistant to what you're describing? I no, mean, we, we, that's, we, that's a great question. I don't know how people are going to handle it. You can yeah. hope. Yeah. You, can, you know, people have said to me, well, you know, do you think we're going to be different? Do you think we're not? And I'm like, well, I hope we are. Yeah. I hope we take something good from this. Yeah. And not just it was horrible or whining or I couldn't or this or I lost this. Mm -hmm. Because everything we move through should impact us. And I don't mean for ill. You know, mm -hmm. we should actively learn from it, examine it, reflect on it and go, how can I serve more? And what do I need to learn from this? Because there's yeah. always something. And the, the, to me, the saddest thing is if you don't learn anything. Yeah. Or if you look back on this time and go, yeah, I sat on the couch and, you know, watch TV all the time. <laughs> really? You won't get this time back. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, it's, it's something we might regret, which mm -hmm. may be a lesson learned and it's right. right mm -hmm. But, but it would hopefully be not the lesson that could have been. Um, so we talked a little bit about stories, you know, let's shift over to systems. You know, what, what does systems mean to you? How does that apply when you, when you're a leader or even a follower mm -hmm. and, and do they matter now? Are they more important now or less important? Um, what, how does, how do we lean into systems in this mm -hmm. current situation? You know, to me, I, I was working with somebody once, her name is Christine, and she made a great comment. She goes, when you feel stress, yeah, it's usually because there's not a system. Mm, interesting. And I was like, eh, yeah. Now, does everything need a system? No. But for me personally, a system is just a repeatable process that I don't have to use mental energy around. Yeah. And because you kind we, of pre-thought it, so you can just do it. Exactly. You're not going, I don't know, should I do this or not? It's like, well, yeah, you just brush your and floss your teeth. I mean, yeah. hello. Well, it's you don't need to make the decision about this. You just do it. Exactly. Um, I have a, I don't know if you've ever heard of the red, yellow, green system mm -hmm. before, but in, in freelancing, I, I use that concept where based on how my income is, I have three sets of actions are red, yellow, green, and I mm. respond and I've already thought out what my plan is for those three scenarios. So when they right. happen, I just do them. I don't have to think. <laughs> think about it. Exactly. And I actually had a client I was talking to because he's like, well, I'm spending all this time. And for him, every time he had to travel, he would spend tons of time trying to figure out where he was going to stay. Oh, okay. Interesting. And so I'm he's like, spending a lot of, yeah, wasted it. Wasting time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you need to pre-decide <laughs> exactly your point what are you going to do when you're going to go somewhere? Are you going to go for a certain hotel chain, a certain level, whatever, mm. just pre-decide. And then you now know have to, you don't waste your mental energy and your precious resources yeah. on that. Yeah. And, and so it is to your point, it's like being really clear about what's important mm -hmm. and your systems support that. Yeah. And it, it's really, to me, it's not so much necessarily a huge complex thing, although it could be. Yeah. But it's just, what is it that frees you up to say, this is just what I do. I don't think about it. Yeah. It's just, it just happens. And right now, back to your kind of earlier comment about having some structure, if you're not used to controlling your own time, which is, which is what it is. Yeah. You know, when I first, when I first transitioned from being a hospital president to running my own company, I was like, oh, I get to control my own time. How cool <laughs> is this? <laughs> because I couldn't do that before. Yeah. And if I want to work at nine o'clock at night, that's fine. Yeah. You know, because it's beautiful outside and I want to get outside for an hour, I can do that. Yeah. So that was kind of my system when I first shifted was mm -hmm. what's important to me is what I get done today. Yeah. And then I do it in a way that takes care of me and fills me up mm -hmm. and not, you know, Tush must be in chair from nine to five. Yeah. Because then you're losing the gift of being able to control your own time. Mm -hmm. And but I think systems now are even more important. Yeah. And for some, they're having to make up their own. Yeah. And it may be, I mean, what can be really helpful, we hear a lot about morning routines. Um, probably in the last, what, five, 10 years, never really talked about it much before. Yeah. But I was listening to somebody and he had a statement, again, this is brilliant. He says, you know, your morning routine sinks or swims on your evening routine. And I'm like, I th you know, I thought about it and I thought, <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
um, because I tend to be wired more at the end of the day, I make sure my desk is clean and then I've listed what I need, what my priorities are, my mission critical things are for the next day. And so I can kind of let that go and transition, you know, into the next morning. Now, if something has changed, okay. Yeah. But it's that kind of a system that says, really be clear about what you need to achieve and why. Yeah. Uh, and then you're freed up to kind of move forward and go, what will support that? So if I'm like, okay, these are the three priorities I have to get done today, then I've created kind of a system around that. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to yeah. go out and weed in the middle of the day because I'm on the computer from seven in the morning till nine at night with a little break, I'm going to go take care of myself and, and you know, and manage that. Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're hugely, hugely important right now. And the other thing I will share, this was, a, and I, I wish I got money every time I referred these people because I don't, <laughs> um, but there's a tool I stumbled on probably about two months ago Yeah. and it's A-Y-O-A okay, and it's a-, a website and it's a fun visual way of kind of tracking projects or things like that. Yeah. And I'm a really visual person. So it kind of jazzes me. It's way more fun than a list. Yeah. And something like that can be helpful for people, you know, to go look at it, play with it and see if that helps you have fun while you're planning, uh, you know, and, and how you kind of yeah. shift make that it a game it in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. So, um, so let's, you know, we're kind of, closing out the conversation here. Um, and so what I wanted to ask you is, you know, life can be, you know, unfair. It can be challenging. We might feel that more now than ever, but there are also contrasting moments of seasons of joy mm-hmm. and prosperity. Um, so as people traverse this journey, we call life, you know, what are your parting words of wisdom to those that are mm-hmm. listening in or watching? I, I really think it's around searching hard for the gift and everything that you go through. Mm-hmm. So no, that no, no experience is wasted, no crisis yeah. is wasted. And understanding that's when we usually grow, most of us. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's easier for us often to think, you know, to think in concrete things. So like if, you, if anybody who's ever started working out, you, know, yeah. you only <laughs> progress because you push past what's comfortable. Yeah. If you continue to do what you can always do, you don't get better, stronger, faster, more aerobically fit. You just don't. Yeah. And this kind of growth is the same. Yeah. If you're not willing to be uncomfortable and if you're not willing to say, what can I control? What do I own here? What can I learn here? Then you're wasting the experience. Then it has mm. just been negative and bad. Yeah. But it really, the, the way you came into it is you have a choice. You absolutely have a choice. Are you going to find something you can be grateful for? Mm-hmm. And there's many things that we can all be grateful for. Or are you going to go, this is unfair, this shouldn't have happened, this is wrong, da, da, da. I mean, what energy do any of us want to move through life with? Yeah. It really is your choice. And that's, if I had known that before, I, my life would have been <laughs> yeah. different than it's been. <laughs> well, what, what, what leads us to think that it's not our choice? That we, because you're describing a victim versus a victor, the two mm-hmm. kind of sides. What, what's going on there? <sighs> I think on the, on the worst of us side, it's about not being responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's about not having to say, I made this choice. My behaviors got me here. And you see it a lot. Well, you know, it, all the way back to the, you know, the grade school joke, well, the dog ate my homework. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always out there. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that you blame others, you're giving away your power to change and improve. Yeah. And it's easier. I mean, it, ultimately, it's not easier, but in that moment, it feels easier to blame somebody else as mm-hmm. opposed to, I didn't plan well enough and I got caught up in traffic and that's why I'm late. Yeah. Completely different conversation that reflects, you know, how you think about yourself. Yeah. And then I think for a lot of us, we didn't really learn to think that way. Mm-hmm. We see what other people do. And unfortunately, a lot of what we see is people blaming others outside of them. Yeah. And we don't we've never investigated to see if there's another way to approach the world. Yeah. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And once you realize yeah. I have a choice versus I don't, you're like, Oh, that kind of puts it back on me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there is an aspect of it that, you know, um, I think there's, and it's almost like a blind hope that by complaining about it or blaming elsewhere, 
something or somebody will magically give us what we want. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, it worked when we were two, right? <laughs> maybe that's hey. it. when we were a child. It, maybe <laughs> that's where we learned it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's the, you know, the squeaky wheel gets it. The crying baby is designed to be annoying. So it gets attention. You're right. Yeah. yeah. yeah really good point. Learned yeah. response. Yeah. So I, um, I remember, um, I kind of think of the idea of like waiting to be rescued. Right. And mm-hmm. I ended up in my business, I had a marketing company from 2007 to 2014 and a couple of years into it, probably similar to that mentality. Um, but I was waiting for rescue. I was, mm-hmm. I need to find the right project manager or the salesperson or whoever is mm-hmm. going to fix the company and take us to the promised land, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it just, you know, one failure after that X, it's like nobody ever fulfilled that, that, that vision. Right. So um, I ended up meeting this guy. He, was a, he ended up writing a book called The Fourth Fisherman. Mm. And the story was about these five Mexican fishermen that were stranded at sea for nine months. Mm. And three, three of them lived and two of them died. Mm. And when I met him, I said, well, why did three live and two yeah, die? Yeah. I want them all. <laughs> and he said, well, the, th- the two that died, they waited for rescue and they didn't do what they could each day to survive. They just mm. sat in the boat and just hoped for a boat to come right. get them. Mm-hmm. And the other three did what they could. Mm-hmm. Um, they caught turtles and they drank their blood and they mm-hmm. drank their own urine. At, if they yeah. had to, they happened to have a Bible and, and they read that to each other, but the other two, they just, they almost isolated themselves to a different part of the boat and they just died. Mm-hmm. And I realized when he shared that with me, that like, that's what I was doing in my business is I was waiting mm-hmm. for rescue and I needed to go join the other three <laughs> or I was going to die, you know? And yeah. so I, I started to shift. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a powerful dynamic that we can get pulled into. Um, so what, what else, you know, what else would you say? Is there anything you wanted to share that you haven't um, anything about your, the experience you, you had at the, at the hospital or, or the work that you do with, with executive leaders now that would be worth, worth sharing? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you've asked so many great questions and the conversation has been great. So I, I think for me, it really is when you think about, creating a business that has an amazing impact. Hopefully that's beyond the dollars it puts in your pocket. Yeah. You know, in our society, in our culture, in this time, the revenue is a reflection of the service you provide, how well your messaging aligns with people, right? You can have something that's fabulous, but if people don't know about it and they can't use it, then it's not being of service. So then how do you go back and go, okay, where is it breaking down? What do I need to yeah. adjust. It's that mm-hmm. constant kind of, if I'm not getting the outcome I want, the first question is, what do I need to do differently? What's working? What's not working? Okay. So it's that immediate kind of reflection again, back to the sense of what do you control? Mm-hmm. You can't control everything. I can't say I will open all the restaurants right now. Well, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Your magic fairy dust is good <laughs> for you. So I think it really comes back to that, that internal perspective. I mean, when I work with leaders, I work with leaders who, regardless of the size of their company, want the 99th percentile performance that we had in our hospital, you know, want that excellence on all fronts and understand that illogically as it may be, you don't get there by focusing on the bottom line. Yeah. Right. You get there by having clarity. Mm-hmm. You get there by making sure everyone on your team has clarity, which to one of your earlier questions is even more important now than ever. Yeah, Because what was important a month ago is not what's vital now. And if you haven't narrowed down and crystallized, like you were talking about kind of the pre-decisions you made with your red, yellow, green, if this happens, I just move to this behavior. Yeah, Some leaders have done an amazing job of going, if we hit and when we hit the next crisis, because some people will say it's about every 10 years you can count on something. Yeah. Nobody really thought this was going to be it, but every 10 years there's something that tests you in your business. So how are you going to respond? Yeah. It's that that focus of clarity now and then making sure back to the structure conversation that your calendar reflects it. Yeah. Because I'll say to a lot of my folks, if you tell me this is important and I peek over your shoulder and I look at your calendar, is that what you're doing? (laughs) And for most of us, it's not. Yeah. It it just isn't, right? Are you trustworthy? How are you showing Mm -hmm. up, right? And to me, that's the crux of communication. Yeah. Because if I don't trust you, the more you say to me, the less I trust you. (laughs) Yeah. You've made it worse. Yeah. So all kind of all the way around, really that focus is what are the things you need to do to show up mm-hmm. to really be an amazing service to whatever it is you've decided you're here to do. Yeah. Uh, and so it's that, that kind of shift that for me is, is so important that you don't get to 
a positive bottom line by just focusing on the bottom line. That's an outcome, mm -hmm. right, of, of doing everything else. So it really is around starting with you. Yeah. Um, and turning a candid lens, not one that's overly positive or overly negative. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's kind of my, what I have brought, like I said, if I knew what I knew 20, 30 years ago, what I know now would be like, oh, I would have been such a better leader, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I would have helped people develop more. I would have done this. I would have done that. But the piece is going, but I'm learning it now because I've chosen to keep learning. And then how do I share it so I can short circuit and accelerate somebody else's journey? Yeah. You know, because there's many people coming behind me that have so many things that they're positioned to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, oh, great. I think it's a good, good place to, to close out here. Yeah. So, so tell us, um, you know, how can, how can uh, people connect with you? What are you doing now? How can, you know, people work with you? What, what's going on in your world and, uh, yeah. and how can we get connected? Not great. So, I mean, LinkedIn, certainly, I know you'll be sharing that. People can absolutely just reach out directly yeah. um, to me via email, no problem. Uh, it, what I'm doing right now is like I've been, we've been talking about is I've pivoted a bit to go, what is it out of my experience that I can help people the most with right now? Yeah. Not necessarily what I was doing three months ago, not what I'll be necessarily doing when we get to some sort of new normal, but for now, really trying to offer things that will deal with the new problems people are having, which are around virtual teams, right? Yeah. You know, if you're a leader, what are you probably not doing well if you've never <laughs> led remote teams, mm, right? Yeah. How are you showing up if you didn't sign up for this, but now you're in it? Mm -hmm. um, and so offering everything from little 20 minute snippets where I work with people kind of online and a little, you know, kind of webinar type setting because nobody wants a two hour thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, give me a quick nugget I can go do something with and then leave or a 45 minute virtual or working with teams or leaders now, yeah. you know, kind of virtually. So all of those things are possible right now. It's really around how can I take what we've learned yeah. and be of service in the best way right now. And yeah. so I'm open to whatever that looks like because everybody has different needs. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. And uh, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you very Thank you for sharing yeah. your thoughts and wisdom. Yeah, thank you. And I forgot to mention that, that you'll be including some information about kind of just a free yes. gift that kind of expands on what we talked about. That'll be a link people can go pull um, and just have that as an additional resource. It'll dive a little deeper into some of the things that, that we talked yes. about. Yes, yes. I'll put a link to that, your LinkedIn, everything else. And um, and we'll we'll get that to whoever's interested and we'll Good. go from there. So Fabulous. Well, thank you for all that you do because this is a great service and for the wisdom that you shared because I learned some great ideas from you today. So thank well, you. I, I appreciate it. Have a, have a great day. Thank you. You as well. Take care. For additional stories and systems to work smarter and live better, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Com. Thank you for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to having you listen in to the next episode of Grow Your Life. Mm -hmm.